0: I'm Zivy Owens, and you're listening to the Webby-nominated podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books has been sponsored by Himalaya, the best app for discovering, listening, and organizing podcasts. Himalaya was nice enough to reach out and make me an editor's choice, so now they're a sponsor. Check them out at Himalaya.com or in the App Store. I'm really excited to be here with Ricardo Cortez today, who is an artist, writer, and the number one New York Times bestselling illustrator and publisher. Books of his include The Party, written by Jamaica Kincaid, It's Just a Plant, Sea Creatures from the Sky, Go the bleep to Sleep, and Seriously, Go the Blank to Sleep. (laughs) I didn't want to say it on the podcast. He currently lives in Brooklyn, New York. So welcome, Ricardo.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me here today.
0: How did you decide to illustrate The Party, your most recent book, with Jamaica Kincaid? And basically, how did you get started illustrating books to begin with?
1: Well, I started illustrating books, actually, kind of a a strange way. I was actually into doing political activism to a certain extent, and I was interested in drug policy reform. And strangely enough, my first book was a children's book about marijuana. (laughs) And I actually got a, a grant to write a children's story about how a child who finds out her parents are using marijuana and basically... It would be analogous to maybe a book about sex education for kids. It wasn't teaching kids how to smoke pot or that pot is for children at all whatsoever. But it was talking to children and parents could use it as a tool to explain why some adults are using this thing and what it's about. So, yeah, a very kind of strange way to get into children's books. (laughs) And that's how I got into it. Yeah, I did. I did a book and it was moderately successful. I started publishing on my own. I couldn't find a publisher for a strange book like that. That was back in 2005 and the cultural landscape has changed a lot since then, but that's really how I got into it. And I've I was always the illustrator. I think that was my, that's how I began. And, and that's how I got into books. And I've done a couple books since then, but how I found party Jamaica story was in a book called talk stories, a, a book of basically her stories that were the talk of the town pieces. She'd written for the New Yorker magazine at the beginning of her career, her writing career. It was just a collection of all these essays and, I love them. I mean they're great. They're great little little pieces. It was when the New Yorker was publishing the Talk of to the Town stories anonymously. You know, there wasn't a byline at that point if I recall and there're just these wonderful stories and also a very interesting evolution of her early writing career. It was fascinating. But Party was one of the stories that I found Especially intriguing if once you read The Story Party, as it is published right now, the the children's book we have. It's essentially word for word exactly how it was published back in 1980, I believe. And yeah, so where it was originally written, it was written for adults. You know, this is just in The New Yorker magazine. And it was kind of a satire homage to the Nancy Drew book, Mysteries. And it's about three young girls who go to a party. And it's a literary party for a Nancy Drew book. And they see something at the party that is mysterious, (laughs) really mysterious. And the short story ends basically without a conclusion as to what the girls see. And basically, I just read the story and it it just grabbed me. I was like, wait, what was that? What did I just read? I really had to read it again because it was such a strange little thing. (laughs) And... I just loved it, and and obviously because it was uh, it was children of the story, and I've done children's books, I started to think, wow, this would make a really fun kids' book. And It wasn't written like that necessarily, but it could be made into that, and I especially liked the idea that there wasn't really a resolution to it, to this weird, crazy mystery, and the idea of trying to illustrate that and turning it into a book. That's how basically I, I found the short story, and and in short, I reached out to To Jamaica out of the blue and and introduced myself and asked if she would be interested in an interpretation and and she generously said yes, so that's basically how the book came about.
0: Wow, that's so neat. I know I I had to reread it myself because I was like, wait, did I miss what this mysterious surprise was? And I was like scanning the picture, like, could I see it? Could I not see it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and that's how it was designed, definitely. And you know, I I I mean, I, I probably anticipate a question of like, what you know, what do I think the mystery is, or what did Jamaica mean by Writing the mystery and she has her own interpretations, but for myself, the open-endedness of it was what made it so fun. And especially thinking about writing for children and anticipating the reading of the story to kids, and then the discussion afterward of, wait, what do you think the mystery was? You know, and exactly. obviously I, we've you know read the, the book to kids, and you get some great answers. So it's it's fun in that way too. <laughs>
0: And when you're brainstorming how to illustrate a book like this, how do you do it? What's your process like? like? Do you divide up the words? like, can you, Or do you just see a series of images in your head and then sketch them out? Like, Take me through the process of how you do this.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, sure. Every book is different. But for this one, since the text was already defined, I basically didn't want to change anything about it. And I also made the decision that I didn't want to reveal what the mystery was, right? I mean, again, because... I'm not even sure what it was, but I even had a wide range of possibilities, but it would have for me ruined the story. If there was an answer in it, it was kind of designed that I wanted it to be mysterious enough that you could think that there was the answer is in the book and possibly it is. In fact, possibly it is. And so I was thinking as a, as a child reading myself, once I read that story, the first time I'd read it again and look closely at the pictures. So there's yeah, lots of things that are embedded in the story, little uh, embellishments or different colors or different flowers or, mar- you know, what's going, there's a lot in there details that hopefully a kid on a second reading or a third reading is looking for clues. But so how I map out a story like this is, yeah, basically on the back of a napkin, I'm kind of doing storyboarding out of what I think are the important beats, because this was, you know, just a couple paragraphs of a, of a short story. It wasn't broken up into segments. And so I'm thinking of that and then in terms of illustrating itself, the way I work best is actually working with models or working with actual children. The, the illustrations in this book are pretty maybe photorealistic is a way to describe it. They look like actual children. It's not really stylized. So actually, the kids in this story are actually some friends of mine that I did a series of photo shoots with and tried to storyboard out certain actions and emotions. And to be frank, two of the kids, or at least one of the kids was a little too young to even be given any type of direction at all. <laughs> it was like kind of like herding cats. So basically just, <laughs> yeah, just hang, hung out with these kids. We took a lot of pictures and hung out and played. And, and through the picture that I have, I was able to pull out certain emotions that I was looking for, right? You know, the youngest girl in the story, Sue, she gets upset because she doesn't really see what the mystery is and her, the two older girls do see it and she doesn't really understand. Is there really something there? Are they making it up? The older sister never tells me anything, you know, she has to lament of the younger sibling So, yeah, there were a lot of different emotions I got from hanging out with these kids. And then, I mean, technically what I do is I'm I'm taking these photographs and I'm composing them, sometimes in Photoshop or whatnot, and using those compositions that I create to ultimately illustrate. So I have a pretty good idea of what the final thing is going to look like by the time I'm getting to the pencils and putting it out there. And in in this process, I was able to share with Jamaica where we were going and, hey, this is what I think of what it would look like. And the girls are looking like this and here's the surprise. And what do you think? So, yeah, that's kind of how it it goes down until I basically get to to the pencils. This book was done in colored pencil. I I worked with other mediums, but this book was, was in colored
0: pencil. Wow, that's so neat. So, then do you have in your studio, like, what does it look like when you're actually working? Do you have these all up on the wall, like, all around you, different pages, or do you just, are you just really methodical and you have a whole little pile and you finish one and move it on to the next?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm for the most part working one by one. And beforehand, I have mapped it out pretty meticulously in Photoshop, which just allows me to create the composition. And I'm actually using the photos of the girls in the poses that they are in in the book and some of it is staged and some of it was just happenstance like you know there's one one point where the older girl has to grab the girl the other her friend by the shoulders and you know kind of be up in her face and that was something that we were able to stage but even that one of the girls faces from one take was better than another. So I'm really in Photoshop doing a lot of this composition. But once I have that, I have these images and, oh, and, and a lot of the background of the story is from the, the Schwarzman Library, the 42nd Street Library in Manhattan, the main library with the lions outside. There are these beautiful marble backgrounds, you know, of, of that library. And, and it just seemed like a really fitting stage for this story. So I went there and I took a lot of photographs of those, and I'm using those actually in the layer in the, in the computer with the photographs of the girls to compose the images. So once I have everything laid out and I know what it looks like in the background and even sometimes the coloring, the lighting, I print those pages out. And yeah, I'm using those really as my template to, to go directly onto the page. I kind of have this real, I don't use a light box, which is what a lot of illustrators might use. I have this real kind of like hack do it yourself thing that I, kind of put the the pages over the pages and I kind of trace them out with a ballpoint pen and it embosses like these lines into the blank page. And then I use those lines to kind of use as a sketch to, to do my final illustrations in. So yeah, there's a lot of different stages, but once I get to just the coloring and the pencils, I've already thought out everything so much. That once I get to that, it's just kind of fun and I'm just drawing and I can listen to music and I don't have to pay as much attention (laughs) because I've already kind of done the work beforehand.
0: So, how did this project differ? How did you end up doing the, you know, go the F to sleep book, which was. you know, read by every single parent I know, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that collaboration and how that project came to be.
1: Yeah, sure. When will go the F to sleep. <laughs> before that came out, I had, done a, I had done a couple children's books and a guy that I kind of grew up with who was a novelist, Adam Ansbeck, he, I don't believe he'd ever done a children's book before, but he had a daughter at that point who was the inspiration for the story. And he'd written this this basically poem and sent it to me and said, Hey, what do you think about this? Would you like to Make sure. Would you like to do a children's book together? And yeah, I loved it. It was fun. It was funny. And really, at least from my part, there was no anticipation that it would be a really big guess, success blockbuster that people would know about this book. It seemed just to me something really fun and quirky and strange. Is, and a lot of my books up to that point had kind of been like that. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a really small project. And we reached out to Akashic Books in Brooklyn. I'm, in, I'm living in Brooklyn, New York. And they're independent publishing group that we'd both had some relationship with before they hadn't really done many picture books or children's books Uh, they were doing a lot of fiction but we really liked them and sent it out to johnny temple at akashic and he liked the story i think i mean actually i think at first he was a little hesitant i think he showed it to his wife and she's like yeah this is great you got to publish this and he was like all right yeah okay so sure you guys want to try this so it was a really small project you know uh, even a physically small book. Uh, and we put it out there. And I mean, there's been a lot of stories about how it how it kind of essentially blew up, but it was kind of an accident. The book became a very big viral success before the book had even been published. At first, it was just word of mouth and it started, pre-orders started racking up on Amazon. It became very close to like one of, maybe the number one or number two book on Amazon. And we hadn't even got the book published yet. And it was incredibly strange. And that summer was like, what is going on? <laughs> and then the PDF went out and that's how a lot of people saw the book. The PDF started, you know, being virally shared. And at first we were really scared about that. We was like, wait a second, our book hasn't even been published and now everyone has it for free. And, you know, that was a concern as well. But then it still was becoming popular and people were still pre-ordering it. So we we kind of pushed up the publishing by a couple of months so that when the book finally came out, yeah, it went pretty big at, at the time. It was amazing. It was a really strange experience.
0: I mean, you must have just been over the moon. That's like the coolest thing to have it happen like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. It was really fun and it was funny and it was weird and it was strange to see... I mean, I just remember, yeah, the feeling of watching the book climbing up, like kind of battling between, I think it was Tina Fey's Bossy Pants at the time was like number one and we weird number two. I was like, I can't believe that this <laughs> book is right next to that book. Like how small of an idea, you know, that it was when it started and yeah, that it became, you know, an, a known thing. I, I also, I, I feel
0: fun. like that book started some, like a whole new level of honesty that parents shared with each other, like. I just feel yeah, like, yeah. you know, it it just set, hit at such the right time for people who are just so frustrated and felt like you couldn't really talk about it. And now yeah, there is this yeah. fantastic, funny book. And I don't know. It's great. <laughs> it was great. Right, yeah. So what are you excited to do in the future? Do you have any dream collaborations or books you are hoping to work on or anything you're particularly excited about right now?
1: Oh, wow. Collaborations? Oh, wow. I, I, there I'm sure there are collaborations in my head, yeah, I may maybe I would love to do another book with Jamaica. We'll see. We've kind of talked a little bit about some ideas, and if that ever happens, that would be really fun. My next book that I'm working on right now is that, so actually, I, I mentioned that my first book was a children's book about marijuana. It was very strange, but <laughs> after that, I did a picture book for maybe high school and up for adults, about the history of, of the coffee plant and about the coca plant, which is what cocaine is made out of. And it turned into a history of the Coca-Cola company and this history of the business of the Coca-Cola company. It was this whole political history. But when that came out, I realized that I'd been doing these books about plants and a trilogy of plants, in fact, that it now my next children's book, I have a book about tomatoes. That's kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek diatribe against tomatoes that I kind of find very silly and very ridiculous. <laughs> it's basically tomatoes are the most evil thing and they do make you do bad things. So yeah, that's my, that's the next thing that I'm working on right now. I'm illustrating in watercolor. It's, it looks very different from my last projects, which I've done a lot of books in pencil that are very finely detailed and this is a little bit looser. So yeah, that's the next, that's the next project I'm working on.
0: So what do you think it takes to appeal to kids? I mean, you're obviously a brilliant artist in your own right, but you have found a way to really connect with kids and grown-ups. Through, I mean, because the other book was sort of not a kid's book, really. <laughs> I mean, I try to keep it yeah. away from my kids. But do you think kids look at things in a different way and need a different type of illustration, or am I just being too yeah. analytical about it and it's just more a feel type thing?
1: Yeah, that's a great question that I wrestle with myself and think about myself. I mean, I think... You know, I'm an artist, and as as a kid, I was very visual, and I loved picture books. And I just think about what I loved as a kid. I loved looking at picture books, and I loved the details of things. So that's one of my styles, I think, that in picture books, I love just making things that I think kids will have fun looking at and looking at over and over and marveling into. That's aesthetically and visually of just making things that are interesting to look at. And then content-wise, that's even a greater mystery of, you know, how, what is going to be engaging to a kid. To a certain extent, I think it is something like, what is engaging to myself? You know, I, you know I'm going to understand it on a different level but as, a, as a kid would. And it's not always for everybody. I think party, I've r- really had a lot of fun reading party to a lot of people. And even before the story came out, I would tell people the story. And I had a, a lot of adult friends who were like, that I that story what that's the worst story I've ever heard like that that makes no sense like it makes no sense and obviously there was something about that thing making no sense is what grabbed me and what I really enjoyed but I also know that a lot of people aren't going to like this book and in fact we I pitched this book out to several publishers that were not interested and in I was really shocked I was like wait a second this is Jamaica Kincaid. <laughs> Do you all know that?
0: <laughs>
1: this is Jamaica Kincaid, and this is going to be a children's book, and it's going to be gorgeous and it's weird. I know it's weird, but like, don't you see the vision? And there's yeah, I'm am obviously there's a lot of people that are that even in the state it is, and now it it doesn't click. But for me, the strangeness of it and how it didn't fit into the formula of most children's books makes sense. And at the end, there's maybe even a lesson or maybe there's a moral. And in this one, that it was kind of the opposite of that, that it left you unsure. I think I really liked the idea of, I think there were certain books or certain movies or certain stories that as a child, when I got through them was like, wait, you can do that in a story too? I thought like a story had to be like this, but because I read this, this book that was just weird and broke the fourth wall or, or laid it out in a different way that, you know, it opens up the imagination of what is possible in storytelling. And I really like the idea of sharing that with, uh, you know, with kids that they can see like, oh, like anything can happen in a book. This book kind of leaves me not knowing what even happened. And I didn't even know you could do that. So that's something that I think uh, I like playing with as well.
0: Totally. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your insights into Party and all your other work and for creating such great books for everybody to enjoy and really that you really unite everybody in a way <laughs> as well. So. <laughs>
1: All right, thanks so much. Yeah, right. really, It was fun talking about it.
0: Oh, great. All right, well, thanks. Have a great day.
1: Okay, take care. Take okay,
0: care. bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again to today's sponsor of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, Himalaya, the best app for discovering, listening, and organizing podcasts, Himalaya.com. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. You can follow me on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You can always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com.